Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. If this is your first time here with us, welcome. Welcome to our tribe. If you are a returning listener, thank you for being here. Love you guys all the same. So happy to have you here and happy that of all the things that you could be doing in your day, all the shows you could be listening to right now, you made your way here. It means a lot to me and I'm thrilled to have you. It is truly as crazy as this might sound, my greatest honor and my biggest calling or so I feel right now in life, in this crazy little life of my 27 years to interview the people who set my soul on fire, people who have inspired me in my life, many of whom I know personally, others I've never met, but I've been so deeply inspired by for sometimes decades, like in this case, Trevor Hall, what's up? So inspired by you for so many years. And to be able to share these conversations with you guys and ultimately just start and continue a conversation about setting our souls on fire and living our happiest, most connected, most spiritual and soulful lives, then I'm happy. So here we are. We are here today with a guest who I'm so excited about, the incredible Trevor Hall, who is not only a musician, but such a connected person And I mean, connected to the earth, connected to everyone who he speaks to. We did this interview on Skype and he has this incredible way of just looking into your eyes and kind of seeing your soul, making you feel like you are the center of his attention, the center of his world while he's talking to you. And that's so nice. And I've talked to a lot of well-known people at this point on this podcast and just in general. And it takes a really, really special, humble, awesome person to put everything aside and just talk for an hour or over an hour or however long these podcasts are and just be present in the moment and really contemplate the questions, answer the questions in a heartfelt way. And I couldn't thank Trevor enough for just being himself, answering these questions, having this conversation, and now we get to share it with all of you. We talk about all sorts of things from his creative process in songwriting to his journey in the music industry to more personal little fun tidbits like how he met his wife and which songs of his are written for her. And of course, I had to ask about so many of my favorite songs and where they originated from, his inspiration. And ultimately, I just think his presence and his profound wisdom comes through no matter what. And you guys will learn so much from him. So I also, of course, had to semi-harass him (laughs) to give me his 
birth time and place of birth and everything so we can figure out his human design, which if you listened a couple weeks ago with Jenna Zoe, then you know human design is life-changing and knowing what my type is has changed my life. And I want to know Trevor's because I'm just so interested when you're a musician and your whole life is being in front of a crowd and having this huge fan base and taking in so much energy. I'm just so curious what type he is. So hopefully we'll find out. And if so, I'll include it either in the outro or the show notes or on my Instagram or something when this goes live. So that's fun. But Anyways, I could go on and on and on about how happy I am to have Trevor on this podcast, how I've been listening to his music since I was in high school, so much more, so much fun, but we'll just head on into the episode so you can hear for yourself. And before we do, I wanted to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Swiss Wellness. So Swiss Wellness is this amazing brand of multivitamins and supplements that I've been taking for, let's see, for how long? For probably like three months now at this point, I attended this awesome event that they had here in LA a couple months ago with the yoga influencer, Ash Hart, who I later learned is friends with Jonathan because of course, everything in life has to always come such full circle. It's so cool. And ever since I was at that event and learned all about the company, I started taking it to see how my life could be improved by all their supplements and multivitamins. So... I would say probably my very favorite is their sleep supplement because it has the ingredient valerian root, which helps the body naturally produce melatonin, which not only results in better sleep cycles, but it also is such an effective way to sleep really soundly without actually putting melatonin in your body, which could potentially make you wake up feeling really groggy or just drowsy the next day, which has been my experience with so many different type of sleep supplements. So I love that they use valerian root in their sleep supplement. I also love their liquid hair, skin, and nails, which contains vitamin C from blood orange, which helps the body naturally produce collagen. You guys know we love collagen up in here in the wellness world and especially on my blog, collagen has been such a game changer when it comes to my hair, skin, and nails. They've been stronger. They're very lustrous and thick. And let me tell you, that was not always the case. So I really love that. I also love that it comes in liquid form because it means that you can blend it into your morning smoothie or a bowl or whatever it is that you like to have in the morning. So it just makes it really easy to incorporate it into your routine. They also have all sorts of other premium supplements like women's multivitamins, which is called their Ultivite. It really helps my energy, my mood, so many different things. I also like to just combine it in my morning routine with some movement and a healthy breakfast. And it's just a nice grounded way to start the day. So I'm very into it, very into all their products. And you can find Swiss Wellness Premium Supplements on amazon.com, 
walgreens.com and iherb.com, which is I-H-E-R-B.com. And we'll provide the Amazon link below because who doesn't love a good Amazon Prime? Makes life really, really easy. Check them out. You guys will love them. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Trevor. Trevor, we're so excited to have you back on the Soul on Fire podcast. I know I I told you last time you were here that I've been listening to your music since I was like 15 years old at Zuda Yoga in Sacramento, which your manager, Isabel, she she knows the Zuda Yoga people. So it's oh, such cool. Yeah, it's such a crazy small world. She saw that I was from Sacramento and out of nowhere, she was like, oh my God, do you know the yoga studio Zuda? And that's where I grew up. That's where I was introduced to yoga. That's where they play your music all the time. So I was introduced to you back in back in the day. And I'm just so interested about your journey, how your music, how you feel your music and your journey has changed since then. It's been over a decade since I discovered you, but you've been doing music your whole life, pretty much. So give us a little snippet into the music journey. Yeah, it's a long journey. Um, <laughs> I, my dad is a musician, so I just, ever since I was born, really, like as a young kid, music's always just been like, around all the time in the house and you know wherever so I definitely had a very early like foundation and early influence from my dad and music was just kind of inseparable from like life really so I kind of grew up you know and as a kid like not really knowing what I want to play and kind of bouncing around from instrument to instrument just because I liked everything. But when I kind of got into like eighth grade year, I think I started playing guitar more consistently because I was really into like songwriting. So that's when I first, I, I taught myself how to play and then I started, yeah, writing songs probably around seventh, eighth grade. Yeah, and then long story short, I I went to a boarding school, an art school in California for classical guitar to kind of get some formal training. And that's where a lot of stuff changed for me. That's where I was kind of exposed to like these Eastern paths and was really had an amazing teacher and was really kind of expanding my mind as far as like music stuff goes. Yeah, just soaking it all in and, and, and stepping out of my comfort zone. And that's when I, that's when things really started to kind of open up for me, like spiritually and also musically. And, and then, yeah, when I, once I graduated there, I just went straight to signing a record deal and, and doing it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's kind of a snapshot. Yeah. 
quick Snapchat. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you went to Idlewild, yeah. which I always see when I'm driving from LA to Palm Springs area. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's right next to Palm Springs. So it's at the top of that mountain. Yeah, that must have been so, so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I went to a bit of an art school also in Sacramento called Country Day, Sacramento Country Day, uh-huh. which was very follow your passion, follow your path. So for me, that was writing, which is how I ended up having a blog and kind of just having the, always having it instilled in me that it was possible to just do what you love and not necessarily have to conform to what somebody else wants you to do. So I think we were both very lucky in that sense. Definitely to have that support system. Yeah. Now, how do you feel that your music has shifted over time? Because it seems like in so many ways, you've discovered more and more spiritually and, of course, astrologically, as we discussed last time you were here with Deborah and um, the Fruitful Darkness album, or at least as much of it as we've all been able to hear so far, is very tied to the cosmos and all that awesome stuff. So yeah, how do you feel about the transition of your music? Yeah, it's always changing. You know, I think as artists, we're always being influenced by new things. And it's important not to, I think, pigeonhole yourself, you know. I think in the earlier days, you know, being young and, you know, you're you're kind of trying to maybe like find who you are you know, find your sound and and also just kind of ask yourself why you're doing it, you know. And that kind of helps you, helped me at least kind of step into myself. And I think, you know, in the earlier days, this, the music was, yeah, influenced by a lot of, I guess, different outside forces. And then as time's gone on, it's become more of like an internal uh, exploration for me. And sonically, I think it's just kind of whatever's, whatever's kind of like moving me at that moment. You know, I don't try to bog myself down maybe to like one genre, but with the fruitful darkness, you know, it's definitely a, a step out for me as far as, um, what the last two albums have been. The last two albums were quite acoustic and simple and this one, I just wanted to kind of like really do something different and get into sounds that I don't normally work with. So that was really enjoyable. But yeah, it's always changing. You know, it's always just adapting. And it's something that you, for me, I just really have to go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going with the flow is an important thing <laughs> for all of us. How do you do it? What, how do you go with the flow? You just kind of let go of the control. Um, it's hard. <laughs> I think it's really hard. <laughs> if we all go with the flow, then, you know, we wouldn't be where we're at today. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think, um, yeah, I think it's just really about surrendering and letting go. As cliche as that sounds, just, you know, you have to have some discernment, I think, of like your intention, you know, of what you want to do with for me, like with my music and that. But I think that's kind of as far as you can go, 
you set your intention and then go with the flow. But remembering your intention through the process, I think, is the important part of any type of work, whether it be art or whatever. So, yeah, I think it has just a lot lot to do with surrender. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. So the song Jupiter's Call on the Fruitful Darkness, every single word of that song just hits me so deeply. Just all about Uh slowing down, putting roots in the ground and everything being right on time. And I think that message probably will speak to so many people listening to this podcast because I'm always talking about how do we slow down? How do we how do we know that what we're doing we really are right on right on time? So tell us about the inspiration for that song. Well yeah, well time has always kind of been like a thing that um I've kind of like ever since a young boy I've always kind of had a problem with like just I always felt like we're I'm running out of time or I have to figure everything out because my time will be up or I think it's also just coming from our culture, our Western culture, where time is so tick-tock, tick-tock, like it's so mechanical and we're all we're all trying to like beat the clock and make us a lot of money before, you know, like mm-hmm. the clock runs out. It's kind of like the Western mentality, you know. But I think there's another aspect of time. There's a t- uh, not looking at time so mechanically, looking at time as a spirit and looking at time as kind of like a mother that's just kind of arranging everything perfectly. And that space itself takes a lot of surrender, you know, and trust. And we, you know, even like whatever the things that we think are kind of horrible situations in our life, they're really happening at the right time, you know, the exact right time. And we may not know why like now, uh, we may not know why in like a few months or a year or 10 years. We may not know why like in this life. Maybe it's for the next life. It's just I think my perception of time has changed over the years. And I think that that song Jupiter's Call is really kind of about your choice of outlook. You know, like really like any situation that we have. You know, we can't control the situation, but we can control our outlook on the situation. We can control our reaction, I guess. So, you know, it, what's the, the, I'm trying to remember the words to the song. Oh, <laughs> it's my choice to be joyful. Yeah, you know? oh, I love that. Our, you know, it's just like, it's a choice, really. It really, it's a choice. I mean, there's people in the world that I've met, you know, in my life that have had like whole horrible things happen to them. They're so happy and and I don't know. They just have this surrender to them, you know? And then I meet people that haven't had nearly as n- a lot of bad things happen to them as, you know, my other friend, but they're kind of miserable. <laughs> you right. know, so I think it's um it's a choice. So it's kind of it was kind of me like understanding, hey, like you don't have to be this way anymore, you know, or you, you can, it, you can, it's your choice to change, you know, and it's your choice to 
when looking back on maybe for me, it was looking back on these couple years that were very difficult and thinking that everything is holding you back when really it's all teaching you something and everything's right on time. Everything's right on time, you know? Right. Yeah. Those words are so comforting. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's something I think about a lot. Some of the people I've seen in this world who have the least when I've been to other countries, remote islands where they just live in a little shack with 20 people in their tribe. Those are some of the happiest people I've ever seen. Yeah. And then there are so many others who I see who have so much and who don't choose to be joyful. So that's really beautiful. Seeing you trying to recall the words of your song brings me to something I'm so curious about, which is you've written so many songs over the course of your life and your career, many of which have become so popular. Do you ever, do you often, like looking back on some of your songs, like completely forget about some of them or like hear them years later and like not know the words? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, just the other night, somebody shouted out a song and I started it and then I had to stop because I couldn't (laughs) remember the rest of it. And that was on stage. So, yeah, it happens all the time. You know, it's hard because for me, for me, it's just, yeah, I'm just getting so many different ideas and I'm I'm more focused on the newer stuff because it's fresh and you know, it just feels good to play something new. But then a lot of people, yeah, ask about, oh, can you play this song for me from like, you know, five albums ago? Right. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't remember this. But then you start and sometimes it just comes back to you like yesterday. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's just part of the job, I guess. But Um, You know, I think about, I'm still so young. I mean, I think about legends, you know, like Bob Dylan, who has like (laughs) a million albums and a million songs, or or Tom Petty, who just passed, or the Beatles, you know, or all these guys, like Paul McCartney, you know, like how many songs does, you know. So, but it's something about musicians, it's weird that it's kind of like riding a bike sometimes, you just... It's so ingrained in you. Hopefully it comes out okay most of the time. That makes sense. I've always wondered that. I didn't know if it was the type of thing where because you wrote it and recorded it and all those things, it just sticks with you forever and ever. But then the more albums you release, it makes sense that the newer stuff would be kind of taking up all that space in your head. So that makes sense to me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the Fruitful Darkness, how you've, decided to release it in chunks on different phases of the lunar cycle, which is so cool. Tell us about that decision because that's so different than the norm. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, this is our first independent release, so more freedom to like do what we wanted to do, you know? It had a few different reasons. I mean, part of it, you know, it's like the music industry is changing, you know? And people aren't really like buying albums anymore. They're buying, they're streaming or they're, you know, artists are releasing like one song and um, we don't have same attention span as we did 
I mean, I remember when I went to buy my laptop, my new laptop, and like it doesn't even have a disk drive in it yeah, anymore. Yeah, same with this one. I have to use yeah. this like external thing to yeah, even yeah. plug my microphone in. Yeah, so everything is changing. So with that being said, you know, we as artists have to kind of adapt too. And um, I've always got frustrated with, you know, kind of releasing an album and then you know, not make not people not making it to the end of a record, you know, like even when I would buy an album these days, it's kind of hard for me to get to the end of the record, even if I'm really loving it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I didn't like how certain songs get lost and stories don't get to be told. So that's why I wanted to break it up in a way where it's three songs, you know, each song gets its proper space. And then when we space it out, you know, over the course of a year, it's really interesting because, you know, when, when you do a regular album, whatever, 13, 14 songs, you release it all at once, it has some buzz for like a couple months and then, you know, we're on to the next thing. And so I really wanted to kind of keep the conversation going, not just for like a little bit of time. So those are some of the reasons. And then being that this album is so heavily inspired by astrology, I wanted to, you know, line it up, I guess you could say, with uh, the cycles of the stars and stuff, you know. So that's why we released it around the different phases of the moon. It's the first time for us, too. So we're really learning as we go. And it's been really interesting. Yeah, that's interesting to hear all the reasons. It makes so much sense because if it's if songs are constantly being released, people are going to keep being excited and keep talking about it. And that's been my experience with your new songs coming out. It's been so exciting. And then only today I realized there's more songs on this album <laughs> that will be released, yeah, which yeah, is in part four. Part four, is that Hasn't come the out yet. final part? That's the final part, yeah. And then the full album will be released as one, you mm. know, in the summer. So That's we'll so have exciting. The, the vinyl and the CDs and all that type of stuff. That's awesome. So you've been on tour for the last couple months. And has that been a Fruitful Darkness tour or something different? Uh, well, the tour that we just finished this February, March, was a different tour. It's called A Night in the Village. And it's a tour that um, I play solo and I have a slide projector with us. And we I show you know pictures of the people and the places that kind of inspired certain songs but more so inspired like my path you know and and the the bigger inspirations behind the music and the mission i guess you can say and then we have a q a at the end so it's a very interactive show it's a very it was really beautiful and and i hope to do a lot more later in the year but yeah it's um that that's what we did more recently we did we did the fruitful darkness tour in the fall of last year. And as these more parts come out, we're going to be obviously touring a lot more. So not everything's announced yet, but we have a lot of stuff going on in the summer and going to Europe this year with Nakov and 
Yeah, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Totally. Which is why you're relaxing in Florida at your grandparents' house for now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) You have to. Okay, guys, let's talk about Thrive Market. You guys know how much I love Thrive, how much they have revolutionized grocery shopping for me, shopping for not only food, but home products, pet supplies, uh, beauty products, all that kind of stuff. So they are offering $60 worth of free groceries free shipping, and a free 30-day trial to everyone who heads to thrivemarket.com slash blonde. That is thrivemarket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E. So if you want $60 worth of free groceries, head over there and order. No strings attached. What you order will arrive right to your doorstep. So that's pretty exciting, pretty awesome. And Thrive Market, I'll tell you a little bit about them. They are an incredible online marketplace that is on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. So they have thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products. And all of that is always at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. So isn't that awesome? You can get everything you need from non-GMO food, snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, safe and non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, home goods. I could go on and on. All of that can be shipped straight to your door. And you can also filter while you're shopping on Thrive by different values and different dietary preferences. So for me, I've been vegan and plant-based for the last two and a half, three months, and that's been feeling really good. So I have been using the vegan filter on thrivemarket.com to find different things like vegan nut butters and vegan protein powders and all of the various amazing things that they have that are vegan. I get some of my favorite beauty powders and supplements from Thrive. I've even gotten essential oils lately. I have this amazing lavender essence oil. I have frankincense. So you could literally, if you wanted, just use these $60 worth of free groceries and go buy a bunch of awesome essential oils on thrivemarket.com. So head to thrivemarket.com slash blonde to get your $60 worth of free groceries, free shipping, and free 30-day trial enjoy. They're amazing. You guys will love them. Now let's head back into the episode with Trevor. So do you know what your human design energy type is? Have you ever heard of that? I had another, I did like a podcast with, oh God, I'm so horrible. I'm forgetting her name right now. Really cool. (laughs) I feel like I've listened to all the podcasts you've been on. So, but I can't think of yeah, she was, she had told me about it and then she sent me like the website, I guess, to find your human design. Yeah. And I plugged it in and then I didn't, I couldn't really like figure it out, you know, like it's reading It's hard it to figure out. So yeah, I don't know if 
a human design is. I'm so curious. I just had a human design energy type reader on this podcast a couple weeks ago. And there's five different types of people. And it's just crazy how much I relate to my design type and everybody who I've who I've kind of shared this with and asked about it does. So I would just be so curious about yours because some of the types are very... Um, what they call non-energy types, which is where all of your, all, all you would be open basically. So taking in other people's energy, which as a musician would be hard because there's so right. much of that. Um, so <laughs> I would, true. I would assume you're probably one of the other three. So we'll have to figure it out. I'll have to get your, um, your. All we need is your time of birth, your birthday, and your place of birth, and I can figure it out. And like include it in our intro because I have to know because I'm sure you know your time of birth and everything because of you being so into astrology yeah yeah I'd have to I'd have to um find it again though yeah well find (laughs) it if you can send it to Isabel and she can send it to me because I just I'd be I would love to know so much but um yeah most people don't don't know slash I've never heard of it so I wasn't sure do you have a favorite album that you've ever done? I mean, I really like the new album because it's new. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But, um, but I think my like all-time favorite album is Chapter of the Forest, which was the album before the last one. So I just think it was it was a very healing album for me, and I really felt like I was kind of... Um, like finding myself and was really coming from my heart on that one. So I think that's my favorite. I love that one too. So good. Yeah. Do you have a favorite song from that album or from any of your albums? Favorite song from that album. I really love Jagadisha, the first track. Yeah, that one's so beautiful. Yeah, it's hard to say. They all do something different for me, you know? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'd have to say Jagadisha. I also really love Holy Country, which is, I think it's number three. I don't get to play it too much, but it's definitely very special to me. What's it about? Holy Country is, uh, I wrote it in Nepal. It's kind of just about, like... You know, obviously we have these external countries, you know, whatever, Nepal, whatever, South America, whatever, you can say whatever. But there's also the internal country, you know, like the original country, the original home. And it's kind of about walking into that space inside and going back to that place and I have a lot of songs like that where they're just kind of like calling out to that original space and and describing or what, how I picture it in my mind almost to like walk into that place. So, yeah, it's a heavy song. Um, now I know what I'm going to be listening to after we talk. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so cool. Yeah, I like that song. I always love hearing where it came from, where all of the songs come from. My favorite song 
on that album and probably just in general is Oh Haleakala. I love that yeah, song. Yeah, that's my favorites too. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I just got back from Maui a couple of days ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, and someone was talking about Haleakala and I was like, the song, the song that yeah. I love. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, it's a fun, it's it's a special song too and that place is also a very special place, so. It is. Yeah. What's the story behind that song? Oh, just I you know, it was I wrote it when my wife and I were there for our honeymoon and we were staying just below Haleakala. It's just kind of that, kind of the tune she gave me, just, you know, just from the presence of, you know, her mana, as they say. Right. And, and just kind of that message of, yeah, like open up and live and you learn more the more you give, you know. And yeah, it's just kind of describing what it was like to be there at that time. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> so you feel like in a way you can connect with the earth and the plants and kind of have them speak through you with your music? Well, I don't know about that. I think it's, I think, yeah, well, I guess it's kind of like the vibration of the land, you know, and different parts of the earth, you know, are like power spots, you know, mm-hmm. in a way, obviously. You know, like with Aboriginal culture, I learned so much from our brother Xavier Rudd about the song lines and kind of like like nerve currents, you know, of the earth. And there's obviously points where a lot of the nerves meet and that where you can really feel presence, you know. So I'm really talking like a hippie right now, but it's, <laughs> it's true, you know. You know, you go to these places and you feel something come through and it's not really hard to like for a song to pop out, you know, because they they speak so strongly, you know, and um, I feel that a lot, you know, with different parts of the earth, you know, when we go to Australia, it's like a certain kind of sound or certain songs through India and Nepal and the States. It's just kind of it's cool to see how each part speaks to you. It is cool. Yeah, that's so amazing. So tell us more about your songwriting process. Do you have a process or does it does it change with every song? Um, I don't really have like a set process. I mean, my it's, it's for me, it's definitely about getting out of the way and not trying to think at all. For me, it usually starts with the music and the music kind of creates a vibe or an energy or you know and it's the music that really helps the words come out um sometimes i may start with words but not so much at all it's usually the music and i don't try to think about anything i don't try to think if this makes sense i don't try to think what is the song exactly about i don't none of that i just try to let let the music come through and then let it do what it wants and let it goes where it wants. Let it go where it wants to go. A very non-intellectual process for me. So yeah. cool. 
(laughs) (laughs) I love hearing that. Do you ever get writer's block or feel like nothing's coming to you? Yeah, are you kidding? (laughs) More more than, I feel like I'm getting it more now than in the early days. But whenever I think, oh my God, you know, is another song going to come through? What happens if this was it? You know, something always comes through. So... I think that's good, though. I think it's healthy because I think it just kind of keeps you humble and and lets you understand that it's not like you're not in control, that something else is in control and you got to kind of bow down to that yeah. uh, energy. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So since you were in Maui on your honeymoon, tell us about your wife. How did you meet your wife? I met her in India. I had been traveling to India for, you know, I don't know, at that point, like six, seven years, every year. And we had been raising money for our ashram because our one of our teacher takes care of these kind of uh, underprivileged children, you can say, like orphan children. So we would raise money for the kids at all of our concerts and stuff like this. And her, her, her family was very um, generous and were very supportive with helping with the kids. And then her mom said, um, you know, one time her mom said, Oh, I'm um, my wet, my daughter's coming to India. She should come and see, you know, can she come and see the ashram? And I said, yeah, of course. But I didn't never thought, in a million years that she would actually come because India's humongous country. And then also our ashram is very hard. It's, it's, it's not on the tourist kind of track, you know, it's hard to get to. So I thought, ah, I'm just being polite, you know, <laughs> but I, I didn't expect her to come and she came. Yeah. She came and we met and she really, took to the kids and the kids really took to her and you could tell there was a definite connection between her and the ashram. Like she had perhaps, you know, been there before in another time, you know, nothing really happened then. But when we got back to the States, we just kept in touch and, and then we went back a year later and I proposed to her in the same spot. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was very sweet and it's a blessing to kind of have that as our foundation, a place that we both love so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. And she's a photographer, right? Yeah. She's a photographer. She's a writer. She sells her work from her travels, lived in Nepal for a year. So she's very uh, in touch with Nepali culture, but yeah, she sells her prints, as fine art prints, and she's working on a lot of things right now with her writing, too, which is really exciting. So it's it's beautiful to have a partner that, you know, expresses your love of the same thing, but with a different medium, you know, it's very beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah. Do you have songs that are about her specifically? Oh, yeah. Too many, I think. <laughs> Probably so many. <laughs> uh, no, no. I I mean, I wrote one for her. It's what, actually one of my favorite songs on The Fruitful Darkness. It was on part one. Yeah, it's called My Heart, Your Heart. Ooh. That was, yeah, that was written about 
her and writ- written about how we where we met and and the yeah it's it's a really good song. My gosh, I can't wait to go listen to that one too. Yeah, I think no. it's on part one. Yeah, my yeah. heart, your heart. Amazing. That sounds so beautiful. Yeah. So how did you come up with the name for the Fruitful Darkness? Oh, it's a good story. I was, you know, I was working on the album and I wasn't really like, like I said, I don't really think too much about the process. I like to let it all happen. And we were, my wife was was doing a kind of yoga teacher training retreat kind of thing in New York and Shivananda Ashram in the Catskills. And I went to visit her and it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, we went to this bookstore in this random town, like very, like nothing around. And inside there was a, I was just kind of looking at the books and then there was this book. It looked very intriguing and it said the fruitful darkness. And I thought, oh, that's a really cool like phrase, what, what, you know, and what is this book, you know? So I went to the book and it said like a fruit, the fruitful darkness, a journey, uh, something like a journey between a journey through Buddhism and like tribal practices. And I thought, oh man, that's kind of a really interesting study. You know, I, I, I'd like to know. So I just bought it. Like it was just a small book and I, put it in the bag and that was it. But I didn't read it for some time. So anyway, we get back to LA and my wife starts reading it first and she's reading it. She's like, Oh my gosh, babe, you have to read this book. This book is like, it's so powerful and it's really in line with what you love and everything. And, and I was recording the album at that time and I was, but I was, I was trying to like finish, like kind of round it out. Like, okay, what is this album called? What is this about? You know, type of thing. Anyway, she says, she says, you know, it's so funny. I can't believe that we met, you know, the author. And I was like, what? Like I didn't put it together. Uh-huh. She was like, yeah, it's written by Roshi Joan. We met her at Ram Dass's house. Do you remember? And I was like, oh my God, I do, I didn't, I remember her, but I didn't know that she like wrote the book, you know? Oh my gosh. So kind of this really cool, like full circle thing. So then I was like, okay, I have to read the book. So she finished it. I was reading it and I was like, oh my God, this is like right up my alley. And it really helped me kind of finish the album and it was really giving like words and names to a lot of the things I was feeling through the album process and also what the album was really about. So when it came to the title to name the album, I really couldn't think of anything better than the fruitful darkness, but I really need, I needed obviously Rosie Jones permission to use the title. So I wrote to her and I said, Roshi Joan, my name's Trevor. We met briefly at Ram Dass's house and I explained everything and I asked her to use the title. And it's funny because she wrote back such a Zen like answer. <laughs> you know, it was like, I, hey, Trevor, you can use the title if you want, but I don't think you should use the title. Because I think it'd be confusing for a book and a music thing to be named the same thing. Mm-hmm. But you can use it. 
but I don't think you can use it. So I'll just leave it up to you. You can use it. So I sent the email and I was like, was that, I don't know what that was, but she said I could use it if I wanted. So I wrote her back and I just said, hey, I'm going to use it. You know? That is <laughs> and hilarious. That's, that's how I got the title. But it's been really cool because at shows and stuff, you know, I've signed a lot of people's copies of that book. Oh, wow. It's really cool to see people kind of, you know, reading her wisdom is really amazing teacher. So Yeah, that's that's so great. I can't believe that you found her book in just a little bookstore and then turns out you actually had met her. It's yeah. crazy how things come full circle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. That yeah. was a fun story. Now I want to read that book too. I'm just going to add it to my list. So amazing. It's wow. really amazing. And okay. it's not a hard you know, it's not a very big book, but it's it's big in its content, I guess you can say. Yeah. Very the powerful best kind. book. It's definitely a book that you can reread like for your whole life. Yeah. Those are the best kinds of books. Yeah. Wow. So when it comes to all of your songs, would you say well which one would you say is the most popular amongst like how people call out to you at shows, ask you to play it, or do you have any sense? Yeah, it's definitely the lime tree. Um, oh, yeah, duh. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely the song that gets called out the most. And, you know, I'm happy people like it. And So beautiful. Uh, the other one would probably be like Green Mountain State. That's probably For a popular sure. song. That's yeah. the one that was in my head that I yeah. was thinking was the most popular. But yeah, the lime tree. Yeah. So many people relate to that song. Yeah, for sure. It's it's been it's an old song too, so you know a lot of people have heard it and passed it around, I guess. Yeah. And did that song just come to you in the same sort of process that you've been talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, I wrote that song with my friend from high school, Sam Marcus, who was like my best friend in high school, very talented rapper and mm. just artist in general, this very talented person. And we wrote that together when we were very young. And it was very much yeah in that space of just creativity and letting it all happen, I guess. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. That song. So beautiful every time, every time I hear it. So now we'll go into the rapid fire questions Okay. that I ask everybody. I mean, they don't have to be so rapid. They're just questions, <laughs> <laughs> questions that I ask everyone who comes on the show. So the first one is, if you were not a musician, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, gosh. If I wasn't a musician, I'd probably be living in Nepal or India and I don't know, just practicing, I guess, you know, practicing just the, my path. I don't know. Yeah. My sitting and all that stuff, all yeah. that spiritual mumbo jumbo stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of what is your, what's it, what does your spiritual practice look like? It's, you know, it just, it has, it adapts to the time, I guess, you know, 
but um it's mostly just chanting you know because i love music and the repetition of the divine names is probably my main practice yeah mm. so just yeah just keep on repeating the same thing over <laughs> and over again <laughs> yes i'm with you i do that do that as well but more like kundalini style chanting but still that's awesome if you were an animal what animal would you be i would be a deer Ooh, why i've always just had an attraction for the deer and i've always felt that they were very i don't know just mystical in a way and i like their they just speak to me yeah so cool yeah they're beautiful beautiful animals are you a night person or a morning person? Night person, definitely. I'm a musician, so that's, you know, <laughs> it, we, we play very late anyway. Yeah. But I'm definitely a night owl. It's hard because I love the early morning, but I just, it's really hard for me to get up before sunrise and, you know, do all that. Mm-hmm. I, can, <laughs> I can relate. I feel that way too. Do you have a favorite crystal? Uh, I just like clear quartz. Yeah. Cool. Just clear. Yeah. That's awesome. Dream vacation. Dream vacation. Oh, that's tough. I would, I mean, right now is Japan and like going like up into like Japan and that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's on my list too. Yeah. Um, who are some of your teachers? Like teachers in what sense? Like mentors, people who you look to for guidance. Living or dis or either one. Doesn't matter, yeah. I mean my main inspirations teachers are like Neem Karoli Baba, uh Sri Ramakrishna, Sharda Devi, Nandamai Ma, all the original gangsters <laughs> yeah that's so awesome yeah, pretty much yeah and are they living or no, they've deceased? all they've all passed yeah makes sense yeah what about musicians who would be some mentors of yours who are musicians uh well i mean i look up to a lot of my friends like nako and xavier rudd is a big one for us and when I was a youth, Ben Harper was really my main dude. Bob Marley, of course. Yeah, I love John Butler and yeah, all the all my friends. It's nice to have all to look up to all your friends. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. So cool. What's one thing you've never been asked in an interview that you wish you had been asked? Oh, I don't know. I've been asked a lot of questions. I don't know <laughs> if I can remember. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. It is. Yeah, I've been asked so many things. So I think everybody knows quite a bit. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the nice thing about putting your music out there. It's kind of a right. life story in a way. So people feel like they really know you and ask you all about yourself. So that's yeah. good. Yeah. Awesome. What is one of the hardest things you've ever been through? 
Oh, God, hardest thing I've ever been through. Probably having a friend take their own life. That's not the not the best thing to go through. No. Yeah, yeah. that's really hard. Yeah. So tough. Yeah. If you were a color, what color do you feel best represents your energy? Probably like like indigo. Mm. Yeah, or like a dark blue. I could definitely see that. Yeah, or like a forest green. Those are like my favorite colors. Yeah, yeah, I see all of that for sure. Yeah. So the final question is, since this is the Soul on Fire podcast, what would be your top tip for everyone listening who wants to set their soul on fire? You know, just do it with gusto. Whatever you're going to do. If you're going to go for it, don't half-ass it. Just go in with head first. And even if you're going to like, I don't want to say like sin, but like, mm-hmm. you know, like do it with gusto. Don't, right. don't, don't waste any time. You know, you have to put yourself in the situation. You know, what makes fire? You know, there's a lot of different things like the environment, the wood, uh, all the you got to surround yourself with the things that set your soul on fire, whether it's community or a certain spot in the earth, you know, uh, reading certain things or playing music or dancing. But yeah, don't sit around and wait for it. You got to self-effort. Just do it. Nike. Nike should sponsor me. Yeah, just, just do, do it. it. I know. <laughs> they totally should. <laughs> I stole that from Nike. Oh, that's such good advice. Do it with gusto. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it, Nike. Yes. (laughs) So amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for coming back to chat with all of us. It's so nice to have you here. I appreciate you taking time out of your vacation. Yeah, I'm sorry. I kind of blanked on the time, but I I got here. No, don't worry at all. I totally understand and I'm just so happy to have you. So so tell everyone where they can find you, upcoming tour info if, if you if you have it. Yeah. Our website is Trevor Hall Music. It has all of our news, updates, shows coming up. We have our new album that is um being released as we speak, The Fruitful Darkness, and the first three parts are available on iTunes and Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff. Part four is going to come out in a month or so. We're going to be touring Europe in late April, early May, and then we're touring all through the States this summer. So just keep an eye open for us. We will. Will you come to LA? Do you know? Uh, I know in May we're coming to Santa Ana, which is probably the closest. Close enough. Ventura, we're playing mm-hmm. Ventura. So, yeah. Amazing. With LA people, they usually have to drive, so that's yeah. not too far. For it's not people. too bad at all. Amazing. Well, I will be there. I will make my way to a show. I've never seen you live, and it's a must. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Thank I will love nice. it. Of course. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, and get your um, 
birth time info and stuff and yeah. send it if you can so I yeah, can yeah, yeah. figure you out and then I can tell you what your <laughs> so you can figure me out. Yeah, so I can tell you what your human design is. It's actually really awesome. It's like life-changing stuff. I think I think you would like it. Yeah. I'd be in, I'd be curious to see what what I am. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's fun. I could see you being because there's like the non-energy types, which is me. That's a reflector, which uh-huh. is like a super rare type for some reason. And then the I could see you being more of like a generator, as they call it, or a manifesting generator. So we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Well, enjoy. Thank you so much. so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, so nice to talk. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Trevor. He is such an inspiration. I'm sure you gained so many little nuggets of wisdom from everything that he said. I felt like everything he shared was straight from beyond because his words are just so full of wisdom, so full of knowledge, so amazing. So definitely check him out support his music, listen to him on Spotify, iTunes. He's awesome. So cool to talk to him here. Absolutely love him. So I wanted to remind you guys that if you feel inspired to rate and review the podcast, then I would be so honored and so happy and so grateful. And I send everyone who rates and reviews the podcast and sends me a screenshot to jordanatthebalanceblonde.com a blogging tips and tricks document. So any of you who listen and want to start a blog, want to do something different or want to maybe increase certain things about your current blog, then just rate and review the podcast. Send me a screenshot and I will send you that document as a thank you. And also join our Soul on Fire podcast tribe on Facebook. Such an incredible group of people. We would love to have you guys there. And yeah, that's about it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I am on my way to Bali for the month in about... Okay, I guess it's tomorrow. (laughs) By the time this episode comes out, it'll be tomorrow. So I'm so excited to have you guys follow along on that journey and be a part of it with me as always. Thank you for being here. Love you so much and talk to you soon. Bye.